This is one of the two great feasts, I call them bookends, uh, the, the Immaculate Conception and the Assumption. And these two solemnity feasts wrapped around Mary try to express for us who she was and what is her significance in our lives. Now I would caution you and suggest you that you go way beyond the literal because if it's just simply literally true, it's beautiful and literally true. But I think there is a whole mystical language here. There's something, it's not magical, it's mystical. It's, it's flooded with mystery. And this is how I would suggest it to you. First of all, uh, I think that first story about Adam and Eve, it's not about God and what God said and did. It's about what man and woman did. Because, uh, and, and it's very important to hear this. First of all, God, I, I just cannot believe in a God who would say, you disobeyed me, so now you will die, and now the serpent will bite you, and all this stuff. But it's, it's catastrophic language. It's language that says, don't you see the consequences of your sin? And the truth is, the sin of Eve and Adam, are, are, they're, they're so simple, it's hard to even imagine that we don't get it. The arrogance, when it enters us, can lead us to crazy stuff. The ignorance, the, the refusal to look at truth, the refusal to say, I'm sorry, the refusal to be generous, but instead to be selfish. These little things in our spirit eat us. And when they are inside of us, we do stupid things, hurtful things, things that hurt and destroy ourselves as well as others. Just think of it today. Um, look at all these children. Just think of it today that uh, you go home, if you have a little brother or sister or cousin, a friend, whatever, and uh, you have a candy bar, and you see them look at it and say, oh, can I have a piece? And you say, no. It's just one word, no. But what have you done? This little bit of selfishness just hurts another person and makes you look ugly. That's sin. And this story is meant to capture the power of sin, the ugliness of sin, the destructiveness of sin, what it does to us. But then we flip over to the gospel and we hear a story of grace. So the angel comes to Mary, and again, this is mystical language, maybe literally simply true, exactly as it's said, but I think it's bigger than that. I think it's a, a story of great mystery and, and, and mystical language. An angel appears. An angel appears and says to Mary these words, Hail Mary, hello Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. What? What? She doesn't know what this means. And she's afraid because she can't even comprehend what this angel is saying. And then the angel reveals this to her. You're going to be the mother of God that's going to come in the person of Jesus Christ. God is going to come down from heaven and fill you. The Spirit of God will fill you and give you this life, this human life that will, will be God's very word among us. And after the angel says all of this and reveals about Elizabeth, her, her kinswoman who's pregnant, who, that will be John the Baptist, this is her response. Now, the angel said, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Well, that is simply true. Listen to what she says. Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. I'm the servant of the Lord. May it be done unto me according to your word. Do with me whatever you want. I'm your servant. Now, there's the model for us to be like Mary. What if we said that every day? 
at least three times a day, Lord, I'm here for you. What do you want me to do? What if we placed all of our mind and all of our heart and all of our actions and all of our words and all of our reactions and all of our responses in the hands of God and said, God, use me. I'm yours. If we see ourselves as real servants of the Lord, serving the Lord and his will, I think we live differently. And finally, I think the, the peace in the middle, I always often call that middle reading like the hamburger in between the two buns. And here's what it says. Paul writes his letter to the Ephesians. And listen to what he tells them, because they were baptized, because they, they listened to Paul preach about Jesus Christ. They said, whoa, I want to be baptized. They were baptized. And then this is what he tells them. Brothers and sisters, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed, he's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. He chose us to be holy and without blemish. He destined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ, and he has granted us to become his beloved. And all of this, is, this purpose is so that we might exist for the praise of his glory. We, we who first hoped in Christ... So I'm going to propose this to you. I'm going to challenge you this morning. If you're going to believe all these words that were said to Mary, you better believe what's said about you and the Ephesians. Because you and I have been called. We've been blessed and chosen. If we don't believe that, oh, what are we even sitting here for? We've got to believe in our baptism. We've got to believe that the call of Jesus Christ is real. Jesus wants something for us, and he wants something from us. He doesn't want Eve responses. Eat the apple out of arrogance. I think I can be like God. No, he wants us to say, God has come to me and has poured his spirit into me, and so I have to do something. I have to respond by being a fully baptized Christian person who lives the word of God every day. And like Mary, I will say, I'm your hand servant, Lord. Do with me whatever you will. <sighs> Please stand.